was magnificent. Magnificent. I can't talk. I, the only weird thing for me was that there's football on TV, and then you walked outside and it was like 700 degrees on right. Sunday. Right. It, it didn't feel like a, a football Sunday normally would, but it was definitely so great. I had the three TVs set up in my family room. We had um, well, Sunday first ticket. NFL Sunday in your house. Yeah, it was... For, for our listeners who don't know, Christian and... His much better half, Crystal. What was it? March? You guys bought the house yep. of last year, so you got to celebrate your first uh, Sunday in your new place. The pictures looked awesome. Like yeah, just the it, three TVs everywhere. Yeah, it was. It was pretty cool to be able to thoroughly enjoy each game um, and just soaking it all in. And it was. It was a lot of fun, and it just feels so great to have football back again. So, speaking of being back, welcome to week two of LR Weekly. I want to thank our listeners. Had a pretty surprisingly good first week. Yeah. Uh, Germany, uh, whoever's listening in Germany, uh, Danke schön, as you say over there. Um, but anyway, I think like let's just hop right into a little week one recap. First things first, hey, much like Shakira's hips, our picks don't lie. Um. Some surprises in week one. Yes. Um, so I went eleven and five with the picks. I do you want me to say what you went? No, like? no. I mean, okay, but here I have a little a uh, little tweet from Adam Schefter. Okay, um, dis- Shefty bomb. Yeah, Shefty bomb. Despite full crowds being back around the league in week one, eight underdogs won outright today, including five on the road. The most in the opening week of the NFL season in 35 years. Fascinating, isn't it? So, I think it was a bad Sunday for pickers and a bad Sunday for betters. Well, I went 11-5. Okay, well, that's not bad. I went 11-5. And, and I mean, I think you look, okay, I, I don't really think anyone had the Raiders beating the Ravens. Outright beating the Ravens. We didn't. Nope. We will get to the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> I can't wait for this. I, I really I, I know you can't. I, I know can't you wait. can't. But then, so we both missed the Jaguars Texans game. And I think we both just missed on what the Texans were going to be, period. I mean, okay. We, we said that they were going to be a dumpster fire, this, that, and the other. Granted, it was against Jacksonville. But you got to give credit to Jack, you know, or for, you know, Houston to come out. And play the way they did. Tyrod had an amazing game. And I don't know if you heard this about Deshaun. How they're literally keeping him away from the team. I think you have to though, don't you? Because it's almost like he's not even part of the team. And to me, I guess that's trying to keep all the distractions away. Um, Clearly it worked. Now, I'm going to get to... A couple of things about you know Jacksonville's quarterback and everything like that later on, but I mean Houston winning in Week One was one more win than I thought they'd have all year long. I mean, and they didn't just win; they, they didn't just eke out a win. Right? They dominated from snap to snap to snap, just yep. the whole game. We both missed the Steelers and Bills. There's actually a replay on of that game. I think this is probably the second or third best game of the weekend. Um, yeah, I would probably say Ravens Raiders was probably the best game of the weekend. Number two, Chiefs Browns. That was a really fun game, and I think number three would have been Bills Steelers. With an honorable mention to Bengals Vikings. Yes. And 
Detroit, San Francisco. My issue with those two is that the three games, you know, the top three of the weekend, I feel like they were good football. That Lions 49ers fourth quarter it was just unreal. It, it was it was <laughs> like you plug in Madden and you got two buddies playing Madden and like one has to go like to the bathroom and then another dude just like, hey, I'm gonna play for you and you have no clue what you're doing. I mean, yeah. that was unreal. The 49ers in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, then we both missed on the Ravens and we both missed on the Packers. So I'm sitting at eleven and five on the, and then we both missed our locks. I took the Bills at minus <laughs> six and a half. You took the Titans. <laughs> Talk about a miss. That that was well. I think the Titans. I, I think you take the Titans and you take the Packers. Probably the th- two biggest disappointments. Yeah, I'd, from week one, and uh, and yeah. watching the Titans, did they forget that they have Derrick Henry? Well, and not only that, did they forget that. You have to play defense in a football game. Kyler Murray carved up Tennessee in every way possible. He had a great game, and I know. And you know when I said the Cardinals were going to win the West, I I laughed at you. I hey, I'm telling you what, Kyler Murray looked pretty darn good. Five touchdowns, and their defense, Chandler Jones, five sacks, easily right now a front runner for Defensive Player of the Year. And I think if you look going into that game, so much was on all of these weapons for Tennessee. So much was on you know the Tennessee running game. Tennessee's back. Tennessee is going to be you know the clear cut favorite in this game, and not just in this game, but pretty much in every game moving forward for them. And, and I you almost got to wonder if Kyler Murray and the Cardinals probably took that a little personally. Yeah, I mean because if you look just every single possession. It was as if the Cardinals could do whatever they wanted to do. Whether that was, you know, dink and dunk down the field. Whether that was extending. I mean, you look at Kyler Murray's line. 21 of 32, 289 yards, four touchdowns, and a pick. And that's actually our guest picker who uh, might be trying to give us a call here. Uh, We are going to have a guest picker uh, at some point tonight. So, but everything that they wanted to do. They had three wide receivers. Right around that 70-yard mark. Yep. And then you flip that over to the Titans. Tannehill, 21-35, 212 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Yep. Derrick Henry, only 58 yards. He only averaged three yards a carry. Yeah, for fantasy people that have Derrick Henry, that was a killer. Horrible. Them. Yeah, it's really... That's rough. Horrible. Um, but... You know, and everybody was really excited about what the Tennessee offense was going to do with the addition of Julio Jones and AJ. And you already had AJ Brown. You have Derrick Henry, and I felt like they really underwhelmed in Week One at home. Um, I just, but I think you also have to look. AJ Brown only had eight targets. Julio Jones only had six targets. Yeah, and I don't think Julio Jones caught many of those targets. He caught three. Julio Jones had three catches for twenty-nine yards. Yeah, that's not good enough. No, AJ Brown. Four catches for 49 yards and a touchdown. I put a lot of that on Ryan Tannehill. You have to get the ball out, and you have to get the ball out more. So, again, just quick recap on the picks. I went 11-5. and Christian went 8-8. We're going to touch on a lot of those surprises. Uh, Our next section, uh, you had one job. One job. One job. That's all you had. You had one job. 
so this is essentially just like our biggest disappointment to the week. And I think for me, it, it's very, very easy. My biggest disappointment is Aaron Rodgers. And, and I get that that's an easy pick. This is also a personal pick for me. You know, you made a big deal out of them playing in Jacksonville. So in thinking about this, trying to take a step back, because when you get beat by 35, you have a lot of time in that second half just to kind of take a step back and be like, okay, where are we actually at? So there's two ways that you can take this. And I'm going to hold on to option one, because option one is Aaron Rodgers never plays well in Florida. The Packers never play well in Florida. It's week one. The starters didn't play in the preseason. Chalk it up. Move on. You got 16 more. Option number two, which is where most people are, is that he's just done. But here's my problem, Aaron Rodgers. You set out the whole preseason. You set out the whole offseason saying this team doesn't give you respect. They don't do this. They don't do that. They don't do what you want. You're the MVP of the league. You you see yourself as this great leader. You want to be viewed as this great teammate. You have to be better. It's that simple. You cannot have a performance where literally with the QBR, sorry, great tweet, he could have thrown the ball into the ground on every single attempt. He would have had a higher QBR than what he finished with. You cannot go 15 of 28 for 133 yards and two picks. 13.4 QBR. Jordan Love finished with a 33.5 QBR. You cannot finish that game with 133 yards and then be, ah, it happens, in your post-game presser. Now, if you had 200 yards, two touchdowns, One of the picks, I'll give him back. He got hit low. Still tried to hit Devontae. Whatever. But you want to be seen as a leader? You have to be better. So, Aaron Rodgers, you had one one job. job. And you didn't do it. No, he did not. Um, My biggest disappointment in the weekend is not a biased one. I'm going to leave the Bears for a little bit later. And I cannot wait to chime in on the Green Bay Packers here in a little while in our next little segment that we have but um to me it was Josh Allen we really were so excited about the Buffalo Bills and we're talking Josh Allen MVP and that the Buffalo Bills are going to be a force to be reckoned with now it was a disappointment how I do have to credit the Steelers defense played phenomenal that was a outstanding performance on the road by the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Josh Allen underwhelmed me. I felt he hung onto the ball way too long, trying to force things and trying to make things to happen. And I understand when you're when the Pittsburgh secondary is playing that well, sometimes that's what you have to do. But I just think when you have you know, Diggs and Josh Allen. It's just, you're just waiting on something to happen. And it, it never really did in that game. And I felt like that fourth and one play, I'm not sure if you saw, where their Josh Allen got to the line really quick and then they tossed it backward. It was just like, let Josh Allen make something happen. 
Um, the Bills, to me, underwhelmed. Josh Allen, really underwhelmed. Um, do I think it's time to panic in Buffalo? Absolutely not. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers played great, but I was very disappointed for Buffalo to only score three points at home with fans back in the stands. To me, was a huge disappointment. So Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen, you had one, one job. job. Now let's go positive. Your one surprise... I think for me, you have one A, you have one B. I won't take the easy way out. I'll go with my top surprise. It's got to be what we touched on earlier, the Houston Texans. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, they they looked like a competent football team. Yeah. Not just competent. They, they looked, dare I say, good. Granted. It's Jacksonville. Right. So could this be an overreaction? Yes. Sure. Possibly. But you look at Tyrod Taylor, 291, two tutties. Mark Ingram, 85 yards rushing. What what a pickup for them to get Mark Ingram. I really think that bolsters their backfield with and especially with the the threat of Tyrod to, you know, tuck the ball and run. I really think that added to their offensive weapons that really they only have Brandon Cook. As a wide receiver, they people know a household name. Right. I'm not saying we don't know the Texans wide receivers, but a household fantasy football name, Brandon Cooks, that's it. And for them to put up the performance they did, man. And impressive. they just they just looked fun. Yeah. And you know what? I think they're trying to have fun. I think that they're really are like, we're done with Deshaun Watson. We're done. We're tired of hearing about it. Let's just go out and play football. And they went out, they played, and man, did they have a lot of fun doing it. So, are you are you good with that? Yours? Yeah, so, and, and I think the, the Texans as a franchise, I think th- this is a huge, I want to say first four weeks for them. Mm-hmm. Because I think one in three was probably the absolute ceiling for what people thought. Now, you sit here and, and you look ahead... They got the Browns this week, which we'll, we'll do our picks in a little bit. If they, I don't think they beat the Browns. But if you can be competitive, mm-hmm. you're sitting at one and one, and you've competed against one of the favorites in your conference. I, I just think that this is a feel good story. I mean, like a team that was counted out, that had so much negativity behind it. How about we call them the first place? Houston Texans because they are that that I mean it's it's fantastic to see it's so it's it was nice to see the Houston Texans in a positive light talked about on Sunday fantastic surprise needed surprise for Houston what do you got well you're not gonna like my biggest surprise Jameis Winston the guy looked good on Sunday People on ESPN are talking about Jameis Winston winning the MVP. Now, Lee Corso would say, not not so fast. fast. You know, we're not jumping to any conclusions yet. But, I mean, I know he did not throw the ball for an ungodly amount of yards. 148 yards on 14 of 20, five touchdowns. His defense 
put him in short field situations. So not only was Jameis Winston a surprise, but it was the, the New Orleans Saints that were displaced from their home. Now, not only did Green Bay have to go to Jacksonville, this is New Orleans Saints are giving up a home game to play in Jacksonville. All of their families are displaced. They're all out of New Orleans. I understand Green Bay is doing the same thing by going to Jacksonville, but <clears throat> to me... But a, a road game is a road game. Right. And like, you still... You get on a plane on Friday, and you fly somewhere, walk through Saturday, play Sunday, fly back home. Right. And to me, what New Orleans did with what they have going on with the hurricane and just everything that, is take, that has taken place in... You just can't say anything but feel good for them. Um, I know you don't. I know well, that. Well, here, here, here's my thing. Okay, this was a game where, like you said, nothing. If you take away the touchdown line from Jameis's line, you're it's, like, okay, they play a half, right? You you add the touchdown line in, and then that that looks a whole lot more impressive. However. When you combine that with what Alvin Kamara was able to do on the ground, yeah. When you combine, you also throw what Jameis did on the ground. He, he had forty yards rushing. Yep. He averaged you know over six yards a carry. I, I, I don't know what to think about the Saints because th- this could be, yeah, the Saints are going to roll and challenge Tampa Bay again, or it could be. You played one game. I would agree. Jameis was pretty good. Okay, and the one play that really stuck out to me, he had about, I don't know, eight or nine seconds untouched in the pocket. And I believe Joe Buck may have talked about this during the broadcast, but um, it might have even been Troy Aikman. I can't remember. But they said old Jameis... Would have looked and looked and just said, that's it, and threw it downfield. Either threw it downfield or... Tried to force it into a tight hole. Yes. Or even taken off and ran. Right. But this Jameis looked and looked and looked, saw nothing open. It was a cover... It was to drop eight for Green Bay. They had they rushed three and dropped eight. And he just looked around and he threw the ball out of bounds and lived to play another, another down. And I think that shows the growth of... Jameis Winston. And I think Sean Payton really is helping with that. I think the Saints are helping with that. And you also got to think, if somehow, some way, Michael Thomas comes back and is like, you know what, I'll play for the Saints. <laughs> and this is how they play? Watch out. The Saints could be dangerous. They could. So, so the, the, the title of this episode is Hyperbolic Hot Takes. <laughs> you text me and you're like, that's a big word. It is a very big word. <laughs> so, and what I love is like no matter what sport it is, like baseball, the first two weeks, everyone just has these hot takes that are like, oh, this team's going to win the World Series. Or, you know, you get into basketball, and it's like, oh, well, they lose one game, so they're clearly overrated. Like, people have bad games. I mean, it's like, it's one week. So, everybody calm down. What is. Your biggest overreaction that you saw for the week. Mine probably comes from 
the Browns Chiefs game. It was a great football game. It was a great football game. I'm not saying that it wasn't a great football game. <clears throat> Where my issue comes in is everyone anointing Cleveland as like a true challenger to Kansas City. I don't know yet. Like, yes, they played them tough in the playoffs. They played them tough week one. I mean, let's be real. Cleveland should have won that game. I, I, I don't disagree. But there's also just teams that present bad matchups for other teams. Oh, yeah. And I think that this was a bad matchup for Kansas City. I look at Baker Mayfield. He had zero touchdowns. That worries me. Because, yes, okay, so you look, they had four touchdowns in their run game. Fine. But I worry about Baker in clutch time still. And I wonder if it really affects him right now that he doesn't have OBJ back. I think... Um, Landry's a good receiver. Um, he really likes Hooper. Um, I think if you bring OBJ back, and you know Kareem Hunt's really a threat out of the backfield to catch a football. Um, Chubb really is their number one running running back. Um, but I, I would agree that Cleveland. I don't think if I don't think they're there yet. But man, did they come out and? Punch Kansas City in the mouth right off the get. And Kansas City was almost taken back. And you could tell it was, whoa, we're at home. We're supposed to roll. Where my concern comes in with everyone saying, oh, well, Cleveland's ready to challenge. Good teams finish. You have a 22-10 to 10 lead at half. It was 22-10. And in the second half, your drives go fumble. Touchdown, turnover on downs, punt, interception. You gotta finish. Yeah, and that and that punt, the muff punt, that that, that changes the game. Yeah, I, obviously it changes the game, but that's what separates good teams from great teams. And it sounds weird to say that what separates good teams from great teams is being able to get off a punt, but. What does the great team do in that situation? They flip the field on the punt. They get a three and out. They get the ball back. They take the clock down for the win. Right. That's what great teams do. Right. We talked about last week this being a little brother versus big brother. What did this prove? Cleveland's still little brother. Yep. Now, are they the 0-16 Browns from five, six years ago? No, they're not. <laughs> but are they? I'm still not ready to put them up there. With the Chiefs, I still, even with the Bills' disappointment, am not ready to put them up there with the Bills. I think what this showed me was when it comes down to clutch time, the Cleveland Browns are not there yet. So my biggest overreaction was just cooling on the Browns a little bit because of also what the Steelers did. Right. (laughs) What's your biggest surprise? Um. (laughs) 
This one was tough for me. Um, but I am going to say it. Or not surprise. Your biggest overreaction. My overreaction is the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl. Now, everybody's going to say, oh, come on, Christian. It's just because they played the Bears. Okay. But Matt Stafford, and we touched on this last week. The last time he had good weapons, what happened? He took the Lions to the playoffs. He doesn't just have a good weapon. That offense is loaded. Can we talk about how good his deep ball looked? It did. Well, it also helps when your secondary isn't 15 yards in the same vicinity. But I'll talk about that later. they, They hit every single deep ball. Because if it's five yards back, it's off. If it, it, He hit every single, seemingly every single deep ball he threw. And to me, he looked like he was having fun again. Yes. You watch him in Detroit, he was miserable. Miserable. He's in Los Angeles. Sean McVay is one of the greatest offensive minds in the NFL today, right now. That offense is tough. With Matthew Stafford. And then you combine it with one of the best defenses in the NFL. Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald. That's sick. Now, everybody is already now saying, after the Packers get blown out in New Orleans, Tampa Bay Rams... NFC Championship game. Book it. Everybody's booking it. I'm not booking it. One, you played the Bears. Two, you played at home for the first time in that new stadium with fans. That stadium's pretty cool. Oh, it is. <laughs> I mean, can, can unreal. We talk about, all right, real quick on that stadium. The owner of the Rams funded the whole thing on his own. He's just like, I'm going to build a $5.5 billion stadium for my football team. Five and a half billion dollars. It's unreal. It is a beautiful stadium. And you really have to credit the Rams and the Chargers to be able to get that done. Because you think about it, the the Chargers are playing there too. Yeah. Well, you have to wonder how much of that five and a half billion is just real estate cost. The cost for land. Right. In Southern California. But anyway, my biggest overreaction is... Rams are going to the Super Bowl. It's going to be Stafford and Brady in the NFC Championship game. I'm not buying it yet. The Rams are good. But again, you played at home against the Bears on Sunday Night Football, and the Bears never play well on Sunday Night Football, period. And that's a game they should have won. Oh, yeah. Should have won. So now it'll be interesting to see when they're put in a situation of a game that they might not win. And so, real quick, before we get into our rivalry roundtable, we talked last week when we were doing our division breakdowns about the NFC East. And one of the things we said was, if Ryan Fitzpatrick is just steady as she goes, the Washington Redskins win that division. The football team. My bad. The football team. I I can't. Like, I... With Fitzpatrick out... Seeing the Cowboys play the Bucks as tough as the Cowboys played the Bucks, I think I think everything swings towards the Cowboys winning the NFC East. Yeah, and I I would agree with that. I think that the way Dak played 
And you could kind of tell that the Dallas Cowboys game planned for them to throw the ball and not really run it with Zeke. So you get it in a game where they can run the ball with Zeke again, and they're going to be tough to beat. Um, I liked how Philadelphia looked on Sunday as well. I mean, Atlanta is just bad. Yeah, They are just bad. But um, the Eagles did look good. Jalen Hurts looked good. But I, I really do. I think Dallas is now the favorite to win the NFC East without Ryan Fitzpatrick. So that, that takes us to our rivalry roundtable. And so what we're going to do here, again, if you're a first-time listener, I'm a Packer fan. Christian's a Bears fan. Um, we're going to get a chance to defend our team and go at the other one's team. We're both 0-1. A loss is a loss, some people might say. Um, so I want to go first, and I want to go at the Bears. Okay. And I'm not going at any of the Bears players. I'm not going at any of the Bears fans. I'm going at the Chicago Bears coaching staff. Specifically Matt Nagy. Justin Fields has to be the quarterback. He has to. I watched a drive. Andy Dalton drives them all the way down the field. You get in the red zone and you put a different quarterback in the game. I get you want to say, oh, well, dual threat. Justin Fields has to be your quarterback. And if Justin Fields isn't your quarterback, then Andy Dalton has to be your quarterback. You can't do this two-quarterback system thing in the NFL. It has never worked. It will never work. Either you need to say, hey, for the foreseeable future and until something drastically changes, Andy Dalton is our quarterback. And then you need to play Andy Dalton. Or you're going to say Justin Fields is our quarterback. Because here's the thing. The Bears have a fantastic run game. Montgomery looked unbelievable against probably either the best or the second best defense, <coughs> excuse me, in the conference. He looked unbelievable. He was at one specific, I think he was going in for a touchdown where he got hit by Aaron Donald three yards in the backfield and then still made it into the end zone for a touchdown. So you have the run game. You need consistency. Justin Fields can make every single throw you need him to make. Every single one. I get that the Red Rocket played pretty well. I get that. Andy Dalton is not your future. You saw that Justin Fields can compete. Justin Fields has to be your quarterback now. Trubisky failed. It's time for Justin Fields. You cannot have a piece together solution with this. You have to rip the band-aid off. Does that mean you might lose some games that you could have won? You might. But if you're trying to piece together a season just for the sake of winning games in 2021, that's horrible for the Chicago Bears franchise. The Bears are not winning the Super Bowl in 2021. They're not. So from where I'm sitting... Rip off the band-aid, throw fields in the game, let him grow. 
Because all you're doing right now is you're pushing that process further and further back. The Bears are close. I think they're probably a lot closer than most people think they are. But Justin Fields has to be that guy. Justin Fields has to be able to prove he's that guy. And by only giving him 25%, 30% of the snaps, all Matt Nagy is doing is creating confusion in the fan base, creating confusion for Andy Dalton, creating confusion for Justin Fields. Matt Nagy, I said it last week, I don't know if he has the it factor to be a leader of men in the NFL. I don't know if he does. Justin Fields has to be the quarterback for Chicago Bears. I rest my case. Okay. Um, When Justin Fields took the field for the first time, I wish I could have the, the clip when he ran into the huddle. Everybody was leaning in and listening. Like, let's go. He has a locker room. And here's the thing. You just touched on the point that I was going to make. The running game is phenomenal. So good. But if you throw Justin Fields in the game and now the defense goes, is Montgomery going to have the ball? Or is he going to have the ball? Because the run... Pass option with Andy Dalton. Guess what, everyone? It's not working. I, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> As in, Andy Dalton's handing the ball off to David Montgomery like he's going to keep it. Boys and girls, ladies and lossies, he is not running the football. Period. Knock that off, Matt Nagy. That's for Justin Fields. So don't have Andy Dalton acting like he's handing the ball off and then going to run with it. Get out of town. Not happening. And, and you look at their play calling, it doesn't make sense. Why does Andy Dalton have more rushing attempts than Justin Fields? It doesn't. It doesn't. So, I think we're on the same page when it comes oh, to your football team. Oh, no doubt. It's Justin Fields or bust now. Now, I don't know if you heard this, but Jay Glazer came out with that breaking news that there was a leak that Justin, the plan... Was to have Justin Fields start week four. Did you hear that? Yes. Okay. This is my only thing. I know that Andy Dalton's foaming at the mouth to play this week. Because the Bears play Cincinnati. You know Andy Dalton wants to have revenge on Cincinnati. Blah, blah, blah. I don't care. It's not what's best for the Bears. Now, I do agree it doesn't matter what you're quarterback situation is if your back end of your defense can't stop a wet paper bag our secondary is bad but see i think it does though because you'd mentioned the huddle when justin's in the game the team was more engaged yeah and i think there's more electricity in that on the side and then when you're playing at home what does that generate that generates more fan interest yeah because now, what has been the conversation on Chicago Talk Radio Monday, Tuesday, and today? Justin Fields, Andy Dalton. Justin Fields, Andy Dalton. It, it has to stop at some point. Right, and, and you hit it right on the head. As soon as Andy Dalton throws an interception on Sunday, if he's in fact going to There's going to be booze. The, the, the fans are already done. They don't want to see Andy Dalton. Because I think Andy Dalton is more of the failed 
system that the Bears have had really for more than the last decade. Yeah. It's fine. Because he's a Jay Cutler. Yeah. It's, he's a Rex Grossman. He's a Mitchell Trubisky. And not even because he's not mobile. Mitch could at least run and get outside the pocket. Justin Fields provides you with that extra electricity that get out of the pocket and make a play when the play breaks down that Andy Dalton cannot. And it will. everyone's worried about the Bears offensive line. They lost three left tackles on Sunday. So now we're deep in the left tank, tackle tank now. But you have to have a QB who you can move the pocket for. Exactly. Why do you not cover up this left tackle problem with a quarterback that can move? Now everyone's going to say, oh, because you don't want to see him get hurt. You don't have to worry about that if he can just get outside the pocket. And the offensive line played relatively well on Sunday. They created holes for Montgomery. Dalton had only took two sacks, to my knowledge. That I can remember. Yeah. I And I just, I think it's this going back and forth that, number one, you're going to disenfranchise your two players. And number two, you're going to disenfranchise your fan base who's already disenfranchised. And I, and I will say that I agree with you 100%. The Bears are not that bad. No. I don't think... I just think that the Bears are inconsistent. But why are they inconsistent? Because their coaching is inconsistent. Yeah. And we got to start taking some shots. I'm done with the 10 yard passes. You have fast wide receivers, Marquise Goodwin, Darnell Mooney, run them down the field and take a shot for the love of. And then that brings in why Justin Fields then could be even more dynamic. Because the more that you spread your defense out, the more that that run game opens up the middle. Because if the secondary can sit and say, okay, you guys aren't going to take more than a 10 to 15-yard shot down the field. Well, then you compress that defense. So then you cut down the run lanes, whether it's Montgomery or whether it's Fields. You cut down the run lanes. If you stretch defenses, then that opens up your run game. But again, it's not going to open up a run game for Andy Dalton. Do I get to go first on the Green Bay Packers? Yeah, I, uh, right. I don't. I'm, I, I don't I'm, know what you're gonna say. Like, I whatever. Just, just go. Mind you, the Green Bay Packers live rent free in Christian's head. I no, they a little bit, but fourth okay, and eight, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of all ages. The last dance is turning into the last ballet. <laughs> It is a joke. Rodgers is so done, it's unbelievable. His body language on the sideline resembled Jay Cutler riding a bicycle in the NFC Championship game. I don't care. Press conference. Ah, I don't care. 16 games. Buddy, if this is the last dance, you got to play better. Period. The shot that he took that was picked off at the 50 when they were on their own, like, four, was a pass that Aaron Rodgers would never make. Never. And I will tell you, I truly believe that him hanging out with his secret life of American teenager fiancé or whatever she is, girlfriend, wife, whatever, she's from the secret life of American teenager... 
Sharon Woodley, I think her name is. All offseason. I didn't see a video, a hype video of Aaron Rodgers working out, getting better for the season. The guy looks like he aged like milk out in the middle of Jacksonville. He looks awful. The team looked awful. And I think the coaching, I truly believe, did you look over, there was a, a point in the game where Rodgers got a play call and he was just like shaking his head. No. Not doing that. And I'm like, oh boy. I truly think there's going to be bad blood all year in Green Bay. And I just don't think that this last dance is going to be as beautiful as everyone says it's going to be. And now, I'm wondering if they even win the division. There's an overreaction, probably. But... They looked atrocious. They were the worst football team on Sunday, period. There was not a worse football team that took the field on Sunday. The Packers and the last ballet. I rest my case. Take it away. <laughs> I, I, you can't defend it. I mean, that's the thing. Like, on Monday... So, again, like, being an athletic director, like, I know a bunch of the athletes at school. And so, yeah, we talk sports all the time. So, yeah, they're all, like, they wanted to come in and just, like, take their shots. And I'm like, okay, I, what what do you want me to say back? Like, you got beat by 35. And, and I think, like, the, I don't know, because I go back and forth. So, it was 17-3. At half. That last drive of the first half. So it's 17-0. Packers get the ball. Drive down the field. Clock issue. Got kick field goal. Okay, fine. You get the ball coming out of the half. You have a good drive. Get tutty. All of a sudden, it's a one-possession game. It's 17-10. Kickoff. Packers drive all the way down the field. You're like, okay. Maybe this could be a thing. Third down play in the red zone. Pressure comes off the side. Rodgers kind of steps up. He's kind of scrambling, kind of not. Throws a pass while he's getting hit. It's behind Tay. Pick. Goes the other way. Saints scores 24-3. Game's over. So I sit here and I'm like, okay, you're one pick away from probably a 17-10 game. At 17-10... Then all of a sudden, pressure starts getting on Jameis a little bit. Now you have to score. Does that change how Jameis plays? Again, we can sit here, play the what-if game, and play your hypotheticals all you want. I hate hypotheticals. Hate hypotheticals. So, I I don't know. Like, if that's who... And if you go back, listen to the tape. I said, they're either going to roll everyone, or they're going to get rolled by everyone. There's not going to be in between. Clearly, like there was no in between. It's just bad. You got to beat the Lions. I, Josh, Monday Night Football. I, pr- oh my goodness! If Jared Goff goes into Lambeau Field and wins a game, it's done. At that point, it's done. I don't want to hear you know California Love Boy telling. 
Packer fans to relax. I don't. If that's the case, it's done. If the Packers start zero and two, and one of those two is the Detroit Lions, it's done. Here's my. Here's an honest question that I was excited to. And for those of you, Josh and I do not. Script. We don't talk about anything. We come down here. This is all us. Yes. Coming at one another. This is what makes this fun. If you start 0-2, do you consider trading Aaron Rodgers and playing um, Jordan Love? You should have traded Aaron Rodgers in April. Now, I'm asking. You can't now. It's not April. It's September. It's week two. You lose to the Lions. Rodgers is honked off. Do you... Say, you know what? It's just not going to work. Or do you think if you do that, it makes Adams mad, and now the whole thing just crumbles and everybody wants out? Again, I think you're put in this situation because of April. You're in this situation in September because of what happened, not just April, but February, March, April, May, June, July, even into August. How you handled this as a front office has put you in this situation. I think the problem that the Packers are going to run into is that, listen, whether whatever his performance was, he is still the reigning league MVP. And to justify trading the league MVP, you still have to get a massive haul. Yeah. And I do not think... At week two, you get really anything. Yeah, and well, I'm just, I'm just again, now, we're playing hypotheticals. Do I think that they should? I don't think it'd be a bad idea because it's done. It's over. If you go zero two, Rodgers can't beat the Lions on Monday Night Football in, in Lambeau. Lambeau. You're done. You're done. I hope we're talking about this <laughs> next week. So bad. And again, if you are, then I think we have a completely different conversation. Now, here's the thing. If they come out and they just smoke the Lions, was it a fluke? Right. Then you can start looking there. So this is a huge regular season game. And I I don't know. Aaron Aaron Rodgers doesn't care about this regular season game. He doesn't. I think for Packers fans... Psyche and mentality for the year. At least I know for me, like, if you get trounced at home by the Lions, okay, my football season is going to be, hey, how's my fantasy team doing? Right. You know, because at that point, my rooting interest is over. Right. It's crazy to think that you add a game for the season and now you're already thinking, man, week two, if we start 0 2, we're in trouble. Which I, it could be. Yep. I mean, it very well could be. And much like Shakira, our picks don't lie. Our favorite last segment of the week. Uh, joining us is co-host of Into the Valley, a Phoenix Suns podcast. You can find him at, at Philip underscore Russell three on Twitter. Uh, you might have guessed from the last name. Yes, uh, he is my brother. And really, I brought him on the podcast this week because he knows absolutely nothing about football. So Christian can't beat me with his picks. So maybe Christian will be able to pick a guy 
who literally has probably watched maybe one football game in the last year. P. Russ, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. Put some respect on my name. I know people were mad about some pass interference at the end of the Dallas-Tampa Bay game. What up, baby? We know football. <laughs> so basically, Philip knows that because of Twitter. So Yeah, that's facts. Actual, actual. This is 100% true. I I texted my friends who I knew were watching the game. I was like, was it that bad? I just checked Twitter and people were like, man, pass interference. They were just mad. Okay, here's a hot take, though. They were just mad because it benefited Tom Brady. It really wasn't that bad of a pass interference. Well, Anyways. I mean, since we've been kids, pass interference calls have been benefiting Tom Brady. I mean, like you were five and Tom Brady was getting pass interference calls. So nah, these are just sour grapes. That wasn't passing. That was not offensive <laughs> pass interference. Mike Evans is a G because he's a gamer too. He's boys with Nick Merckx. YouTube, what's going on today, man? Listen. <laughs> Anyway, this is why the two of us could never have something together because I bring you on to talk football and next thing you know, like we're going to be just getting four headshots in here like we're Nick Merckx or something like that. I have I have FanDuel pulled up for like NBA futures. Does anybody want like advice or are we just like strictly sticking to football? Hey, hey, this is a football podcast, my buddy. You are a oh, okay, okay, okay. straight. All right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So I got the, I got the schedule pulled up on ESPN now. We're good. All right. So just like last week, we're going to pick every single game this week. Um, and we're just going to do that straight money line. So again, you throw in to get a little parlay on the side, put a little money on the DraftKings or the Barstool Sportsbook on FanDuel, on I, I do points bet, like whatever different ways you people are doing your sports betting now. Uh, probably don't take Christian's advice because he gives horrible advice. Um, eight and eight, that's embarrassing, but that's where your football team lives is 500. <laughs> so you should be okay with Hey, that. you know what? I, I'm 500, so you know what? There's only one direction to go, and that is up, hopefully. Well, you can also go down. I'm not Anyways, down. We're not going down. So uh, first game of the week, you got the Giants against the football team. Uh, for me, I don't know if the football team can come back from losing Fitzmagic. I think Fitzmagic was a huge part of that offense. I think Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, they look, they didn't look great, but they look serviceable. And I think right now, if you put up 17 points, you beat the football team. Give me the Giants against the football team. Who wants uh, me next? Yeah, I'll, you, I'll, you go next. All right. We, we will let Philip listen to us. And then he can and then he can just say, like, no, I'm better than all of you, which he he's just gonna pick better than all of us, and he's probably gonna beat us this week. Right, exactly what's so. gonna happen. But I'm <laughs> I'm going my Simple solution for this game is I don't pick a team that doesn't have a name. Giants by a billion. Doesn't Daniel Jones just turn the ball over all the time? And Washington's Washington's defenses turn. Uh, and then and then no shut up. You have to score the ball. Hey, listen, isn't this Taylor Heineke guy? Is that not the homie who stepped in for Patrick Mahomes last season? Yeah, okay, fine. Is that I'm that asking? I'm genuinely asking, is that the guy? I believe so. No, isn't it? No, I, no, I, I don't. I, Henny. I'm sorry. Oh, that's right. Chad Henny, right? String yeah. my second string Washington football team quarterback knowledge is not quite what it should be. <laughs> uh, week two of the season. So, who do you got, Giants or the football team? Oh, the football team. Daniel Jones is about to have like five turnovers. Okay, all right, moving on, Raiders, Steelers. Uh, again, it's one of those like, well, do you take your hyperbolic hot take on the Steelers that this is going to be a Super Bowl team? 
or do they maybe come down to earth a little bit? They're sit at six point favorites. I think you go in, you beat the Bills until someone proves to me. Otherwise, I'm going to take the Steelers. I like that receiving core against the Raiders. I'm going to take the Steelers. Give me the Raiders. That's I love how they played Monday night at home against the Ravens. Now you're going up against the Steelers. I just like how Gruden's got the boys playing. So uh, I'm going to take the Raiders, especially if you're doing a parlay, you take them plus six. I'm taking the points too. The Raiders. All right, Phil. Yeah, if you're picking, oh, if you're picking a little bit of win, you're going to take the points. Um, <laughs> but the Steelers are going to win, so it's going to be a mute point. There you go. Bengals and Bears. Christian, you have to pick last on this since this is a homer pick for okay. you. This one's tough. I think the Bengals played well in week one. Um, but I think Bears home game, probably more excitement in Chicago for, again, we, we talked about it for 15 minutes earlier for Justin Fields. Maybe Matt Nagy comes to some sort of, intelligent something i still think he's just not intelligent at all but i still think that the bears are a better football team than the Bengals. i think the one and a half point line right now like that's very very small i think the bears cover that easily bears over the Bengals. Pierus. Uh, Bengals. i think i think the vikings are going to be better than the bears this season Bengals beat the vikings Bengals beat the Bears. Bengals start off 2-0, they get hyped, and then they get gobsmacked the rest of the year by the AFC North. Hmm. Oh, boy. Um, normally, this, this is a pressure pick for you. Yeah, normally, normally, I don't pick the Bears. But they're at home. I really think Justin Fields is going to see the field more. Um, I think the defense will be much improved. Um, Bengals got to play the Vikings at home coming to Chicago. Like Josh said, there's a lot of excitement in Chicago and they're just dying for a winner. So I'm going to have to take my bears. All right. Patriots jets. Ah, Patriots, Patriots, Patriots. I mean, it's, it's, it's the jets. I mean, they still have not recovered from the butt fumble. Patriots. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Patriots too. I don't think um, Zach Wilson really didn't. He had a halfway decent game, but he was under a lot of pressure. And uh, I don't think that's going to change. The Patriots have a great defense. Uh, Mac Jones. So we got a rookie quarterback matchup here with Mac Jones, Zach Wilson. Um, give me the Patriots. You know, the, uh, the Jets really held Sam Darnold in check last week uh, and held Christian McCaffrey in check. So it's tempting. And it's a nice idea to think of the Patriots going 0-2, but here's what I'm going to say. Money line, I'm going to take the Patriots. But against the spread, I like the Jets getting six points. So, but overall, you're – Patriots win, Jets cover. All right. That moves us on to Broncos and Jaguars. Um this is this is a 
we were talking about it a little bit over text. Christian and I were, because I can't text Philip anything in related to the NFL without just getting a three letter response back. And all it says is CTE. Um, so, <laughs> so I, my thing is, is that this last week had so many great games. I mean, you have four games that you can pick from, whether that's, you know, the Lions come back, you had, you know, Browns and Chiefs, you had Pittsburgh and Buffalo, you had uh, Baltimore and uh, Vegas on Monday night. This week, there's just a bunch of games of like, I really have to watch this. And I think that this is a huge example of that, like the Jags and the Broncos, I, I don't know. Trevor Lawrence didn't look good at all. Yeah. And, oh man, go ahead. I, Denver flying from, from Colorado to Florida. I, I, I don't know. I Give me the Broncos. I, I'm going to take the Broncos. I have no reason to trust the Jaguars. I'm taking the Broncos. Um, I'm going to give a quick little shout out to my mother, who is a listener of the podcast. She, hey, Beth. she uh, likes listening and hearing about her NFL and, um, her opinion of, um, oh man, I, well, I'm, Trevor Lawrence is that he's not good and he's, his game is not going to translate to the NFL. And after watching that game on Sunday, the guy just wants to throw the deep ball like he did. I in think college. we have to have Beth on as, as, as a guest figure. <laughs> that, wouldn't that be we we got to bring Beth on and, and then we'll, we'll, we'll do Cindy the next week. Right. <laughs> That'd be high quality entertainment. My fourth grade and, teacher. And all mom ever does when she picks is who has the prettier uniforms this week. Yeah, and then that's how she, my, my mom actually pays a lot of attention to, to football. So, um, and I'm going to say, a, who are you taking? I'm taking the Broncos. Jacksonville's in trouble. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is as, good as he's hyped up to be can i ask you guys a question because i don't know football very well absolutely uh a 54 percent completion rate isn't great right not ideal it's not it's not like aaron Rodgers against jacksonville bad but or against new orleans bad but it's not really what you're looking for all right I think I'm going to take the Broncos then. Right, also, so the fact that Jacksonville lost to the Houston Texans, who even plays for the Houston Texans anymore? <laughs> well, so that, that's what we just talked about. Like, we were thinking that, you know, the, the Texans could easily go like 0-17. And then they just came out and Tyrod Taylor as their quarterback threw for like 300. Oh, it was just yeah, dropped. I know that guy. Everyone. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the Jags are not good. Uh, that takes us to – Buffalo and Miami, um, I think – I don't know if there is a spread. Like, they have this as a three-and-a-half-point spread, or at least they did when I put this together. What, what What's the spread now? It, on ESPN, it's three-and-a-half. This is dumb. This is my lock. This is Buffalo, take the points. This is a lock. Buffalo's about to go in there and smack them around. Which I Buffalo. think you have a really good team coming off of a loss. They're going to be upset – they're going to be angry. They're going to want to prove a point that, hey, yeah, we laid an egg in the second half. Really from the first quarter on, we laid an egg. That's not who we are. Bills, as you like to say, by a billion. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to also take the Bills. I think that, you know, it's a, a bigger game for Buffalo than it is Miami, and I think Buffalo is going to come to play. I think Miami's going to struggle against the Buffalo defense. Bills 
by seven. Here's the thing. Here's the thing on this. Bills money line with the under. So Bills winning by four or more. And then under right now I'm seeing 48 for the over under. I think the Bills are going to put up some points. I think the Dolphins are going to struggle. Might be a little shout out to FanDuel. Might be a little same game parlay on FanDuel. Again, Bills get the points and the under. I think you could easily see this. It's like a 24-3, 28-10 type of ball game, really where the Bills just control uh, from start to finish. A uh, little cross-country matchup here, Niners and Eagles. Um, I was talking with my principals in the building. So Sunday afternoon, I texted them, and I'm like, uh, are you guys watching what's going on with this 49ers-Lions game? Like, what was it? it was, at one point, it was like 41-13, I think, at one point. And then, like, you just look at what what the – but, again, was that just take your foot off the gas? Like, you, you yeah. have the game won, a bunch of fluky onside kicks. I'm taking the 49ers. I don't think Jalen Hurts can compete against that 49ers defense. Now, take away the fourth quarter, weird things happen. I think that 49ers defense comes out, refocus. They Bosa could have a huge game against that – Philly offensive line, giving the Niners easily. Fly, Eagles, fly. No, you're not. You're not. You're not. Eagles at home. That's so dumb. How is it dumb? That's so dumb. They just rolled last week. Who knows? 49ers gave up 33 points to the Lions. The, I don't care about the Eagles beat the Falcons. I the Eagles beat the Falcons. Okay. The Eagles beat the Falcons. I mean, that'd be like two years ago. The Lakers be like, oh, we beat the Bulls. Nobody cares. Like, oh. no. Eagles. Give me the Eagles. At home, I'm taking the Eagles. First of all, stay in your lane. Don't talk about basketball. Um, <laughs> I can talk about the Bulls. Second of all, the Bulls. You're the one who's rep Golden State Warriors hoodies. Well, I'm sitting down here, <laughs> still like absolutely living for one. Stacy Adams drive home safely. Beep, beep. Like so, whatever. Don't tell me what to do. All right, couple things. Number one, I've never had Warriors merch. I've ever only had Bulls merch. I've never worn Warriors merch. Are you talking? Yo, Loki, you're talking about that shirt I got at Christmas that one year. You had the hoodie. No, I've never had a Warriors hoodie. You had a Warriors cap. No, I've only had I'm Bulls Texas hoodies. Sarah. I'm texting Sarah right now. And tell yeah, her, go ahead. Whatever. Go ahead. Tell her to check my closet. Tell her to check my closet. Bulls hey. uh, Eagles 49ers. Yo, Loki, I think this is a pick game. I'm going to go with 49ers. But if you're going ATS, I would stay away from this game. Stay away from this game. I think it could be a close one. Rams, Colts, Rams. Um, Rams, Rams. <laughs> Rams, okay. Rams, Rams. Somebody please put Carson Wentz in a bubble. Yeah. The, I, put this, him in a bubble. This is what I was just about to say. He's going to die. He's just an, going to be dead. Like the CTE thing might happen to Carson Wentz. What happened to the Colts offensive line last week? They got dominated by Seattle. Dominated. dominated. And I said to Crystal, again, my wife, big Colts fan, I told her, I said, if this is the offensive line you're going to get. It's going to be a long year. It's going to be. <laughs> no, it won't be a long year. It's going to be a it's short be real short for Carson Wentz because <laughs> he's going to get hurt. This is going to be the week he'll get hurt. I'm telling you right now, if you can't block Aaron Donald, 
He is going to pick him up, carry him home, place him nicely in a hospital bed and say, thanks for playing. Bring in the next guy. Rams by a billion. What's the justification for this line being three and a half right now? I don't understand that either. The Rams are going to roll. If you're listening to this and you can get the Rams right now at three and a half or even four, I would, I would grab that. So I'm assuming you're taking the Rams. Yes. Okay. Plus, I don't think Bob will let you in the house when you try to come up. If you pick, I was gonna say I live six hours away, so that's not the worst thing that could happen. All right, yeah, Texans Browns. What's interesting to me is again, I don't know what the spread on this game is now, but so when I sat down and really looked at this. It was 11 and a half in favor of the Browns. And I'm like, the Texans look pretty – that's that's a big spread for a team who just put up 30-plus points. I, I mean, but again, we're not going with this spread right now. We're just going straight picks. The Browns win this football game. I mean, I don't see a way that the Texans – now, we said that last week about the Texans. Yeah, we did. But give me the Browns all day. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the dog pound at home after, you know, nearly squeaking out a win in Kansas City. I think they come back, refocus, re-energize. Mayfield has a big day in the air. Browns. Yeah, this is Browns. If you're interested in betting this, this should be one you tease the line down at least below 10 to 8, 7-ish, and then you'd feel more comfortable putting them in any action. 100% thanks. That's good. Uh Little NFC South matchup here, Saints and Panthers. I were the Saints a fluke, or are the Saints really that good? I don't know. I mean, I think this is a huge game. But again, I go back to what Christian, you and I talked about with Jameis. You take away the five touchdowns because a lot of those were two or three yard red zone passes. He had under two hundred yards passing for that game. And I don't think that the Carolina offense is going to give them as many short fields as the Packers did. So I think on this one, I'm going to take the Panthers. Um, I'm rolling with the Saints. I think that they're flying high right now. They basically played a road game. I don't care what anyone says. There were more Green Bay fans in the stands than Saints fans. They're playing again on the road in Carolina. Yeah. Saints. Going with the Saints. I think Sean Payton's going to have himself a day getting Jameis Winston some good looks. Vikings cards. Again, my apologies uh, to your other two co-hosts on Into the Valley. I know that they are long-suffering Viking fans, but I stand by what I said last week. Nobody cares about the Vikings. Like, nobody cares about the Vikings. The Cardinals torched. Tennessee torched Tennessee. I think that Tennessee, even with that, is a much better football team than Minnesota. I do not think Minnesota has the offense to keep up with Arizona. Give me the cards. Yeah, I'm going to have to take Arizona as well. Uh, This is my division winning Arizona Cardinals that I picked in the NFC West. So, I'm going to roll with the Cardinals. Vikings drop 0-2. To, to Can you imagine there could be three teams in the NFC North this week sitting at 
There's going to be definitely one with the Packers and Packers Lions. Lions. Yeah. Vikings lose to Arizona. Bears lose to the Bengals. Next thing you know, one and one's winning the division, and there's three teams sitting at 0-2. Not a good start. All right, Vikings or Cards, PRS? Oh, Cardinals. And I'm seeing the line at three and a half right now. That's That feels like easy money. Falcons, Bucks, uh, Bucks. Can I say Bucks by a billion? I mean, my goodness. The I Falcons. mean, the Falcons got demolished at home by the Eagles. The Falcons are bad. They're so bad. They are bad. They might be the – so, you know, in fantasy football, you're looking for that defense that last year was playing the Jets. This year it might be who's, who's playing, playing the, the Falcons. Falcons. I'm picking their defense up in fantasy. Well, I'm obviously going to be picking the Bucks by a billion. Bucks. Who's their quarterback? The I'm, just kidding. I'm kidding. That's a, that was a joke. Oh, don't don't talk about him. Nah. Oh, sorry. I heard, oh, sorry. It, I heard, I heard it, it go. go. So, yeah. Uh, Titans Seahawks. Uh, I think this one for me. I think you have a tale of. Two completely opposite teams from week one. You have the Seahawks, who I think exceeded a lot of expectations. I mean, Russell Wilson throwing the deep ball on Sunday was absolute art to watch. It looked like the old the old Russell Russ. Wilson. And the old Russ never had DK Metcalf. So you combine that, and the Titans secondary looked atrocious. I mean, if Kyler Murray can tear you apart, what's Russell Wilson going to do to you? At home. At home. Going to the 12th man is always tough. Uh, so, I mean, for the second week in a row, mom's going to get mad at me, but I'm taking the Seahawks quite easily. I'm also going to take the Seahawks. I think these are Russell Wilson's birds, and he's going to go Hawks. Go Hawks, baby. <laughs> um, I love Russ. I, he's one of my favorite players to watch. Have him on my, every year. I try to get him on my fantasy team, got him and Lockett. Love that combo against the Colts on Sunday last week. Um, I like Russ again this week at home against a Titans team looking to find an answer on the defensive side of the ball. So I don't, I don't watch football, but I listen to podcasts, and some people were saying that the Titans off or defense is just absolute trash, and their uh, their offense has never been particularly sexy. So for those reasons, I'm picking the Titans to win. Really? No, I'm playing. I'm playing. No, I'm picking the Seahawks. Seahawks are going to smack them. <laughs> I was like, hey, you know, I mean, until you were like 18, you thought that Kevin Dyson got that ball over the goal line. So, I mean, sorry, like bad memories. I won't I won't be accused of being a homer by Josh Russell. No, I, see, here's the thing. I own being a homer. I own it. There's nothing wrong with it. This is just uh, for everyone listening. This is high quality entertainment just to have Josh and and his brother going at it via a Zoom meeting is just high quality entertainment. Um, if we this could is just pretty tame, my guy. This, <laughs> is, this is very tame. I mean, if we were, I mean, if person, I. Anyways, uh, Cowboy- hey man, let me tell the listeners something. Josh and I got in a screaming match at family dinner at the holidays about a poem. And can I just really quick tell the listeners that if you ever need a best man speech written, 
hit up this man. What's his Twitter handle? Get Philip underscore Russell three. Hop in the DMs. Get this man to write your best man speech. It was a work of art. See, the only reason work Christian saying that is because Christian didn't understand half the words that Philip. Jeez said. Louise, I felt like I was at a Shakespearean <laughs> play. It was unbelievable. I was like, I was using wiki, like, hey, what's this word mean? Like, he's trying to use Google Translate yeah. in English. Uh, anyways, Cowboys Chargers. Uh, I don't know if the Chargers had that same energy in their stadium as the Rams did. $5.5 billion stadium. It's not new anymore. A team already played in it. I think the Cowboys really exceeded expectations. I think that translates over. Cowboys pick up their first one. I actually like this. This is a tough game. I think this might be one of the best games of the week. Cowboys Chargers. I think these last three are really the three best games. Yeah, I think, you know, Rams Colts could be good, but Bills Dolphins could be good. But this one's a good game. Um, I like, man, Dak really drew a tough two games back to back. Go to Tampa Bay and to LA to play the Chargers, which. You and I both said, watch out for the Chargers this year. They're going to be tough. They squeaked out a win in week one. <sighs> I like Dak this week. Give me the Cowboys. Yeah, for saying they squeaked out a win against the Washington football team and the Cowboys went toe-to-toe with the Bucks. I'm going to assert that the Cowboys are probably a little bit better. So, Cowboys. The far and away the game of the week, Chiefs Ravens. I thought the Ravens looked really good, but I then also thought that at points the Ravens looked really bad on Monday night. Um, I still go. My favorite Lamar Jackson moment was when Lamar Jackson did the Heisman, and then he fumbled against Kentucky, and an unranked, undermanned Kentucky team went in and beat Louisville. Mark Stoops, why not Kentucky? Okay, we'll say it. Go Cats. Everyone's shaking their head. I don't care. That being said, it's Sunday night. It's Baltimore. That's a very, very tough environment. Chiefs didn't necessarily impress me. Give me the Ravens in the upset. Wow. I did not honestly did not see that one coming. I thought that – Lamar looked he's just I don't know about Lamar yet I really don't like which is this is what his third or fourth year in the it's league? like can you throw the ball can you not like everybody was worried about Tim Tebow it's like a, I'm not sold on I'm not either and I originally week one was all hyping up the Ravens and, the, and winning the division now I'm like oh boy do I really should I stand by that I'm gonna have to but I don't <laughs> There's just this Chiefs team, man. Every time I watch them, I'm like, what are you going to do to stop Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, McCole Hardman, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and Patrick Mahomes is just unbelievable what he does. Give me the Chiefs. Is the Chiefs offensive line healthy? Anybody know? Serviceably. All right, so then I'm going to pick the Chiefs. Uh, Lamar Jackson came out today and had a quote that Sunday is, quote, not about 
me and Mahomes. That is a bold-faced lie. That is the only headline that anybody cares about. If you hear Baltimore versus the Chiefs, that is synonymous right now with Jackson versus Mahomes. These are two, I mean, as far as like the Twitter highlights that I see, these are electric, dynamic, hyper-talented athletes. I hope they put on a good show for all the football fans out there, but I think the totality of their talent will elevate the Chiefs above the Ravens. Did you understand that? I Totality. I just, the way he said it gave me goosies. <laughs> I got the goosies. Like the fact is, is that like one of my best friends here is, just has a massive crush on my brother. <laughs> like the man's married. Okay. The man is married. Oh, God. He's been married for a while. So like, let, let's ease off of that. He's just F- over five years. Type pog in the chat, please. <laughs> lions Packers. I can I pick last on this one. Oh yeah. Lions. I'm picking the lions. And I don't care what anyone says. Lines 10 and a half. Don't care. After watching Aaron Rodgers, everyone's be like, how can you pick against Aaron Rodgers at home? Because I hate him. Lions. There we go. I like the self-awareness there. And in fact, let's, let's just kind of have a self-assessment moment. Like I accused Josh of being a homer. He freely admitted it. And then talked about a Kentucky game that happened like five years ago in order to draw some inspiration for picking a game right now. Christian just picked the Lions because he hates the Packers because he's a Bears fan. I don't have a dog in this fight, so I'll just get it right and say the Packers are going to win. So here's <laughs> here's where I'm going to go. I'm going to try to be statistically consistent with this pick. Okay, really, just really quick before you make your pick, yes. I'd like to point out I picked the Packers last week. Just saying, never fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on okay, me. Okay, that's fine. All right, thanks, George Bush. Since since Matt LaFleur has been the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, the Green Bay Packers have lost seven regular season games, including what happened on Sunday. In the six previous times that they have lost, they are 6-0 in the game following. However, They've never been in these circumstances before. The Lions are not good. I am going to take the Packers, not because I think that the Packers are necessarily a good football team, but because I think they are just a little bit better than the bad Detroit Lions. So, we really had quite a few similar picks. Yeah, like this across week. the board, like, similar. Taking the line, really? I'm taking the lines. I just, I, I, and it's probably absolutely ridiculous of me to do this against Aaron Rodgers being at Lambeau Field again, and now you've made him mad. And uh, but you know what? Why not? That's my why not pick. We'll see what happens. All right. So now we move last little uh, picks here. We each pick one lock of the week. Um, for me, uh, Rams. <laughs> Rams. I mean, that that's my lock of the week. And, I mean, I, I know it's easy. Like, this is such a lazy pick. But when you're looking at a lock against the spread – Give me a more obvious lock against the spread than Rams at only minus four against the Colts. I don't think there is one. Rams 
lock. Uh, my lock this week is the Arizona Cardinals at home against the Vikings, minus four. Um, I like the way that Kyler's playing right now. I think that he just torched a Titans team that everybody was hyping up. The Vikings are coming off a loss, a heartbreaking loss, on the road in Cincinnati. Now you got to fly to Arizona. It's not a recipe for success in my eyes. Cardinals locking it in. I was going to pick Arizona. The only other one that I could that I could think that I have real confidence in is Buffalo over the Dolphins, winning by four, even on the road. That that usually means the the powers that be in making those lines think Buffalo is about a touchdown favorite because the Dolphins are getting about three points for being at for being at home. So all things being equal, I think Buffalo is another good pick to lock in as covering their spread. So is that going to be your lock? It's a lock. All right. So we got the Rams, the Cards, and the Bills. Uh, so I think that's about a wrap here for uh, week two on LR Weekly. And I guess you got like LR squared uh, this week. That's right. Uh, again, we want to thank P. Russ for hopping on here. Again, uh, plug his socials a little bit. Philip underscore Russell three. Uh, also follow uh, his podcast, uh, Into the Valley of Phoenix Suns podcast with Philip, his buddies Ryan and Ethan. Uh, it's a nice dive into uh, the Phoenix Suns. Probably one of the most fun teams to watch in the NBA. A lot of really good, fun talent. Western Conference champion Phoenix Suns. You watch Correct. your mouth when you. Correct. All right. Yeah. Team. Sorry. Yeah. Put some respect on their name. Uh, wet like a book, as Drake likes to say. Uh, so for P. Russ, for Christian, I uh, hope you guys have a great week and uh, enjoy the football.